Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. And as always, we are brought to you by our friends over at betonline.ag, which is the number one spot for all the sports action this season. They've got football, basketball, NHL. They've got boxing, UFC, even those Vegas casino games. And they got a deal for you. If you sign up today, check out their newly updated website and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV50, that is B-L-E-A-V-5-0. Bet online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy hump day to you. Happy Levy Grail day is what today is on the show. A couple of additional teams. Uh, we're going to get a total of 18, right? Because uh, we don't do it for the playoffs. Yeah, you're you did a good thing. You went to the playoffs. You don't get the the, the full optimism right. treatment. You, <laughs> there's no pity party thrown for you. No, not that no. this is a pity party. This nope. is an alignment of expectations and enthusiasm and optimism for the likes of three teams today. We are doing the Carolina Panthers, the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Giants, the three teams who this past weekend, week 16, you made it to week 16. It's not bad, right? Like, you were alive, mathematically alive for week 16. Um, those three teams eliminated from the playoffs this past weekend in NFL action. So the Levy Grail, optimism only. We talk about why there's hope for the future do, and only do the hope do the for the future. Fight on, my men. I am hurt, but I am not slain. <laughs> I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight fight again. again. Welcome, Carolina Panthers fans. Welcome the 12s over there in Seattle, and welcome the fans of the G-Men from New York. We'll start with the Carolina Panthers. (sighs) Okay, I've got a lot written down for Carolina, so... That's fine. I I got a lot to do. You know, and and I'm not going to unload the chamber in one shot, uh, but I am going to start with... uh, one bit that I think is important to acknowledge, you have an aggressive owner and you see aggressive owners not being afraid of making changes. Like there are times in which that facilitates for the good. I know we, we talk about aggressive ownership and it has this stereotype of being reckless and sometimes it is, but sometimes it gets the nudge that's necessary to change the trajectory of the team and change for the better and not be afraid to swing big. And if you swing big, there's strikeouts and there's also home runs. And Joe, that's a correlation to uh, you on the timeline this morning, talking about uh, Trayvon Diggs and Marshawn (laughs) Lattimore and interceptions versus yardage conceded in coverage, right? It's the same thing. So you have an aggressive owner in Dave Tepper, who I, he comes from a winning program in Pittsburgh. He has an expectation to win. And if you have an expectation to win and you're aggressive and you're not afraid to invest in your product, I would much rather have somebody who's going to overinvest in his product than not invest enough. And you have that in Dave Tepper. I like that. I think I like, I like that as a good starting point because we can sit here and speculate about what they're going to do at quarterback, what they're going to do at coach. 
but whatever they do, it will be a swing, right? <laughs> right. So we'll let it play out. Um, let's start with some of the obvious like resource type stuff from, from my perspective here. You've got $28 million in cap space. That is 18th in the NFL. Not a ton, not a lot of opportunity to really create more cap space, but I did find Pat Elfline and his $2.3 million that can be freed up by moving on from him, which feels like a, a pretty straightforward thing. Yeah. And while they don't really have much in the way of draft capital because they've they've traded it right for, uh, for different uh, pieces. Don't do that. So they don't have it, but they oh, they do have <laughs> CJ Henderson. Okay. But they have a top 10 pick, right? And they've had a top 10 pick for the last couple of years. And I think they're in good position to use that to really solidify either offensive line by getting something there. I think they have a chance of getting a top tier offensive lineman. They have a chance if they like one of these quarterbacks to pick a quarterback. And like we've talked about for two years, you could really trade back. You know, we'll see, you know, who wants to come up and how far and all that type of stuff. But you can recoup a lot of that draft capital that's missing and move back if you're not in love with a quarterback or you think there's more value to be had by moving back and picking some offensive line help in the middle of the first round or towards the end and then having more of those day two picks that you currently don't have. So not a ton of resources, but there is opportunity. And the good thing about that is that I feel like the path here is clear, Kyle. They need offensive line and quarterback. Not that easy, right? Like, it's not like you just fix that immediately overnight. But the rest of the roster is good. It's offensive right. line and quarterback. It's a very clearly defined areas of your team that you need to improve. Yeah. And I, th I think we need to be mentally prepared for this to be a team that throws big money at one offensive lineman and probably drafts quarterback in the top 10, right? Because you consider what the market's going to be elsewhere for the other established quarterbacks in the space. And, you know, you're probably not going to win that bidding war, right? You, you probably don't have enough assets to get that done. So this is an opportunity to get a young quarterback, somebody that's hand selected. You can go out in free agency and, and empty the chamber on a, a top a tier one offensive lineman and you're guaranteed. So you got a young quarterback potentially who would be coming into an environment with really good wide receivers really good running back when he's healthy, potentially a tier one free agent offensive lineman. You got Taylor Moton on the other side. So you got good tackles right now. Okay. Now let's draft this as an interior offensive lineman in the third round or in the fourth round. Cause that's their next pick. I believe that's right. Courtesy of the jets with the same. No, Arnold. they gave they the four, they gave a two of four to six. Right, but I think wasn't one of them last year, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe, maybe. So they they also traded for Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson. So that, right. that and also Henderson was away. a three, and and Gilmore was. We're I not don't gonna remember what it was. Pull it off accurately right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is you have the opportunity. We talk about teams that are not ready to draft a quarterback. I wouldn't put the Panthers in that bucket, and I think that in itself is a good thing. You have the infrastructure. So, okay, they have their first-round pick. They have traded their two as a part of the package for Sam Darnold. It was a 2021-6 with a 2022-2 two and a four. So they lost the two and the four this year. They traded the three for C.J. Henderson. They've got round four picks as part of draft trades with Houston. Um 
as part of the Nico Collins trade. So they do have a four. Go draft it into your offensive line. Another big reason for optimism with Carolina is what's coming back next year. Christian McCaffrey, big deal, right? Like he helps your offense in so many different ways, whether it's catching the football, running it, and he's terrific in pass protection. You get JC Horn, right? Like your first round pick. Mm -hmm. You you had the sad injury uh, to end his season, but he's obviously an extremely talented player. He'll come back and help you. Um, So those two players, I mean, like you're adding significant talent just by who's coming back with those guys. And plus, you know, CJ Henderson, a, a very talented player. He'll have another year under his belt and, you know, be in better position next year to take that step. I mean, you got young talent and Derek Brown and, and Brian Burns and Yeter Grossmatos on defense, Jeremy Chin. Those guys are going to be more mature NFL players that will help your team even more. And so there's a lot returning here and there's a lot of players that just simply aren't available right now that will be next year. That's going to make this football team a lot better. It's almost like a supersized draft class and free agent class yeah with guys that they get back yeah uh anything else for for carolina uh just a new direction for offense right you're gonna find a new offensive coordinator and then just like hey your defense is really good (laughs) you have a lot figured out you just gotta get the o-line and quarterback young studs on that side of the ball man yeah they really do man jeremy chin's just friggin imagine he's got special traits man imagine being surprised Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Okay. So the 12s. Why don't you go ahead and start since I started the the talking points with with Carolina? $56 million in cap space, seventh most in the NFL. That's that's really good, right? Like you can add some veterans to this football team. And you know, you don't have that first round pick, but you do have cap space. And so I think Seattle is in good position to add some veteran talent to this roster. I think that's first and foremost when you think about how this team can get better and why you should be optimistic. How about um, this is the last year you're paying up for the Jamal Adams trade, mm-hmm. right? That was a supersized deal. You you still have to take your lumps with those assets. You're missing your one and your four this year as a result of that trade, but you're about ready to put that in the rearview mirror behind you and start moving forward. And you know, I, I think getting the the red out of your ledger, right, and getting your books balanced yeah. in that regard for 2023, um, maybe there's some more strategy if depending on if they end up making big changes as far as organization-wise, right? Like if, if John Schneider's no longer back, if Pete Carroll's no longer back, if you trade Russell Wilson, like you're going to have an opportunity to bankroll some assets yeah. if you do make those organizational changes. And if you decide to trade Russ because Russ – doesn't want to be here anymore. Think about what you can get for Russ and mm-hmm. think about what, tw- if you use 2022 as a foundational year, right? We're going to crawl so that we can walk. And once we walk then we can run, right? Like if you take a systemic approach, because they've been within the infrastructure and the same pillar players for like 10 years now. Yeah. If you really think about it, like it's been the same franchise cornerstones, Bobby Wagner on defense, Russ Wilson on offense, right? Transitioning away from that, if you use 2022 as an evaluation transitional window, if you end up making changes, that 2023 offseason is going to be a boatload of fun for you. I promise you that. It might not feel like something that you want to do as a team that, well, this is the least successful season you've had in a decade if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, but it's worth it 
if you do it right and you, you take your time with it and they're going to have the opportunity to make that decision. I think that was kind of my big angle that I wanted to take as well in that you're going to get some closure here, whether that's you like what you have at GM head coach and quarterback, and you feel like you can use this cap space and, and player development to be right back in it next year, or you have that opportunity to pivot and I can get behind either one, but don't do like half that. That would be the one thing I would say. Don't go halfway with it. Either reset and like you said, I like I love that analogy, crawl to walk, or this is what you're going to be and you're going to go all in it and embrace it. And so I think closure there is going to be really, really important. Um, but what you have to be careful not to do is go all in and then just do the thing you probably should have done this year, next year, right? Where you're maybe right. deplete yourself with some future assets to go all in for 2022. And like, you have to be honest about where you're at in relationship to the rest of the NFC and, and the NFL in general. Hey, so the example of what not to do, um, we're doing Levy grail, but we're not, are we allowed to talk ill on teams that we're not specifically oh, yeah, talking? Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Don't do what the Jaguars are going to do. Don't fire your coach and say, you know what? Trent Balky's going to stay and he's going to report to the owner and we're going to hire a coach. And he's also going to report directly to the owner because you know, what's going to happen. The team is going to be mid again next year. And then they're going to be like, Oh, well we should probably fire Trent Balky. And then you fire Trent Balky. And now you got a head coach in place and you got to try or hire, try and hire a GM with the head coach already established in place. Yes. Don't Don't do that. Don't, don't don't do that. And what's insane is Jacksonville's done this for like 10 years. Like ever since shot bought the team, they've been doing this. It's unbelievable. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Okay, well then don't do that, Seattle. If you're gonna change, change, change your change your pants and your underwear. Don't just change ooh, your pants because your like knees it. are dirty. Ooh, did you just make that up? Has that ever been said before? I, I don't know, but it made sense <laughs> in my head, and I said I'm. <laughs> Hell of a transition to the New York Giants here, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, it's another good example. Yep. No, I can't. I can't go there. It's we're it's Giants Levy Grail. That's right. So, all right. Well, optimism we'll, only. Go ahead. Yeah, you, this is your your first uh, crack at this team. I mean, hello. You're gonna you're gonna have two top ten picks, yeah. right? Like that. What a great place to start. Shout out to Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears uh, for putting you in a position where you, the Bears pick may end up being higher than your own, and you're gonna have a chance to. It sounds like they want to stay committed to Daniel Jones, even though he's had a neck injury and his season's done. And so if you, if you've decided you don't need a quarterback, okay, you're probably going to fire Dave Gettleman. You know, it sounds like you're going to bring back Joe judge, which that in itself would be a win technically from the standpoint of the last three or last two head coaches they've had have only made it two seasons and then been canned. So a little bit of extra continuity might not be a bad thing. Um, but you're going to get a chance to mold the team further into the vision of what the head coach wants. And knowing what we know about Joe judge, it's probably going to be trenches, right? And what a great class to have two top 10 picks. If you need trench play on both sides of football. Yeah. You can get an impact player on both sides. Really? Amen to that. So that's where I'm starting. What about you? It's a 
that's the right place to start. Um, only $4 million in cap space, which is 27th in the NFL. But I got some, I got some opportunities here, Kyle, to free up some space. Blake Martinez, you can free up eight and a half. Sterling Shepard, a good player four and a half. Them. Yeah, but uh, he's been he's out for the year this year. So he is, but he's been a good uh, player for them. He has been. Kyle Rudolph, five million. Riley yeah. Dixon, your punter, three point two. Yeah. And if you have to, if you have to, James Bradbury will free up twelve million. So you have some opportunities. <sighs> yeah, I know. But let's look uh, on the positive side. There, Adoree Jackson has been an absolute steal. Yeah, he's been a good player for them. And so, and they've, I mean, they've got they've got a pretty good amount of depth in general in their yes. secondary. You look at the, yes. the the legit talent that they have, you know, at both corner and safety. Well, they've they've got a number of good players that are available to them with Logan Ryan and and Julian Love was really good last year and Xavier McKinney and. His versatility and the Dory Jackson, like you said, got a third round pick in Aaron Robinson that you're developing. So, yeah, you got something to work with here in the secondary. So if you do need to make a change, what what would be the. I guess that's my question, what would be the motivating factor for transitioning from Bradbury like what player would you get or what players could you get that would make you say yeah it's worth it to move on from Bradbury I wouldn't I wouldn't and that's why I saved him for last and I put the caveat and the asterisks with it like if you have to do it yeah you can get 12 million yeah they won't but I I would say goodbye to all of those other players to get myself uh, you'd have around 20 25 right which gets your draft class signed and maybe a piece or two you know, you could probably do some restructures, which is not something I factored into any of that analysis. So, like, you can get yourself the, – the optimism there is you have four, but there's ways that you can get more. And, and I think that's – with your two, two top ten picks, potentially, like, yeah, there's ways to add to this roster. Would um would you trade Saquon Barkley this offseason? Yeah, for sure. I'm what not do you sure think you could get for him? I'm not – not much, but what's the motivation for keeping him? I mean, you're probably – you're not going to – you're not going to commit to him right long term. He's not necessarily having a great season. He's been injured. Um, I guess maybe I'm talking myself into the opposite. Like maybe your best serve just understanding what type of a talent he is and what he can mean to your football team if he is healthy. So you have but I don't option. think I don't think I don't think that they've utilized him like they, they haven't been able to maximize him when he has been healthy. Sure. But like, isn't there you pick this guy so high and like He's that type of talent. Like, I wouldn't pick him that high, but he's that type of talent. Here you go. I know I you got like to have you. that in your offense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Devontae Booker's been fine. Um, you, if you trade him, you don't owe him any money. Well, then you, that's you, very appealing. If you trade Saquon Barkley, you can clear $7.217 million there off the books There's for another. next year. Boom. So I ask again mm-hmm. what are you getting for him? Four. Yeah, what did Gurley? Oh, yeah, that is. Gurley was uglier because he had more years on his contract. This is like a, a rental, but that also hurts your ability to maximize your value, right? Because it's only a one, only a guaranteed one year thing. Yeah, I think four. I think a four. Somebody offered a four for Barkley. They, that would get it done, wouldn't you think so? I'm sure Giants fans are yelling at, at us right now. Oh my God, this guy's a number two pick. He's got all this talent. Like, yeah, I hear you, but he, yep. that, that's, <laughs> that's, not that's kind works, of the challenge, man. right? Yeah. That's I'm an not idiot. how it works. I, I'm an idiot. The Rams cut Curly. Yeah, yeah, they cut him. They so. couldn't trade him. 
Um, you mentioned Xavier McKinney. Aziz Ojolari has been a nice young player for yep. that defense. And how about Andrew Thomas? He's had a much better season. I think he's only given up one sack this year and, and has been a bright spot on an offense that hasn't had many. And so, so you're telling answer, me good. we need to just draft SEC players if we're in New York. McKinney, Thomas. Tony's not been bad. I mean, he's been Ojolari. Ojolari, yeah. Yeah. So just draft from the SEC. Good players. You'll be there. in good shape. There's good players there. Hashtag then, draft good players. Year two for Tony and Galladay, right? Galladay's been a flop. He's been injured. He hasn't produced, but it's going to be a benefit to him to be in his second season in New York along with Kadarius Tony. So, like, there's reasons for optimism here. I have my own thoughts about the coach and quarterback situation, but at least you know your path. And they have um, they have multiple th- third round picks as well. They have multiple ones and multiple threes. A lot of top hundred talent added, yeah. and I think we we can both agree that as we've gotten deeper into this class, I think we're liking it more and more. Correct. Yeah. So y'all are in a good spot from that regard. Uh, if you're listening to draft dudes, that means you're also in a good spot. So make sure you hit subscribe and keep yourself in a good spot and keep listening to draft dudes Monday through Friday, NFL, NFL draft, college football. Uh, we're breaking it all down. We're excited for the off season. Uh, excited to see how the regular season ends for NFL. Excited to see how uh, we got the college football playoff that is just on the doorstep. So lots to look forward to hit subscribe. Keep following along with us here on draft dudes. Thanks as always for listening. Kyle Krause, Joe Marino, make it a good one. And we'll talk to you guys again tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.